0: Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast. I'm Jesse Newland. Uh, I was thinking, uh, forgive me also, I'm coming in in the morning. I sound a little more gravelly in the morning, but the thing is, I have ideas and <laughs> I want to record them, so here we are. Um, I've been thinking about what I talked about in my last episode regarding disgust. Uh, actually, not my last episode, it was the one on self-disgust, and I, I shared the story about Having this rash all over my arms and thinking it was scabies for a few days and then finding out it wasn't, but sort of getting to play in the space of what self-disgust feels like when it's not actually caused by um, body image. And I was thinking about that and how little I was affected, uh, compared to how it would have been for me in the past, by just the simple fact of being covered in a sort of red, uh, lumpy looking rash. Because the the scabies thing grossed me out. I mean, it's like mites living in your skin. I, I found that thought absolutely horrifying. But I didn't particularly mind that once I found out that wasn't what it was, I didn't particularly mind um, being in a position where I just am covered in a rash for, for some reason, for like weeks, I guess. Uh, and it's all over my arms and my back. And I, I do think it's a little bit gross, but it's like, it, it's just kind of unattractive. You know, it's like, it's a little, a little ugly I think and I normally kind of like my arms and back or at least I don't think about them much or take much issue with them so it's kind of weird to look in the mirror and see this and be like oh yeah I'm I'm covered in in red lumpy blotches that's cool but the thing is I was thinking if this were me 10 years ago I would have been mortified I would have been so freaking upset all the time until this was gone I would have I would have definitely not worn a tank top in public. You know, I would have absolutely not let anybody see it. I would have only uh, had sex with the lights off and been really careful to make sure my partner's hands didn't touch it in case he felt the bumps. And I was thinking about why that is. I really think this is a great example of what genuine body neutrality looks like. Because being body neutral, the whole thing is you recognize that how you look has no has nothing to do with your worth, has nothing to do with your value, has nothing to do with really who you are. Um, It doesn't mean anything about you. It it can't tell other people anything about you. But neutrality is this sort of neutral relationship with the stories that you used to carry about what it means to look a certain way. The stories used to say, if you look this way, then that's ugly and gross and bad and you have failed and people will judge you and it's all very very bad. Uh, n- Neutrality is kind of like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't love it, but whatever. Like it, you just don't have the attachment to the stories of what it all means. You can look in the mirror and say like, cool, I, I like it today. I don't like it today. None of that is particularly important or interesting because who I am as a person is so much more important and interesting. And anybody who's hung up on how I look, honestly, misses the whole point of me. And so, a lot of body neutrality work is is not just overcoming body image issues. It's actually like uh, cultivating a relationship with who you are internally, cultivating and like expanding your connection to yourself as a person. Your internal qualities, your you know your personality, your heart, your mind, your passions, your energy—all of these things that make you you—that have nothing to do with how you look. And at a certain point in body neutrality work, I will see, especially among my clients, that there are these wins that are kind of boring and I can talk about this in another episode the the sort of anticlimactic nature of body neutrality wins um because everybody wants it to be like yes I love myself now it's amazing but instead it's like oh I like went on a date and forgot to be like I f- I forgot to body check like I just forgot to be anxious about my body it, it's boring because it's like nothing particularly interesting happens it's that all that stuff that sucked before doesn't happen for the most part that's that's a body neutrality victory um but one of these, these big pillars of this work is to disconnect from the idea that somebody likes you or gives you praise or feels positively towards you because of how you look, because you have disconnected from what it means to look a certain way. And then you have to have a really strong connection to who you are internally so that someone can connect with that. And that becomes the marker of a, of a positive exchange of somebody really getting you. So sometimes my clients will say like, oh, you know, I was on this date with this guy. I've done all this body neutrality work. I used to really want people to, to say, oh, you're pretty, you're hot, you're sexy, whatever. And, and this guy was just like saying, oh, my God, you're so good looking. You're so beautiful. You're so hot. I, you know, I, I, love the, I love how long your legs are or whatever, right? They tell me a story in which they're getting the praise for how they look that they used to want. And they tell me it rings hollow and that they're actually kind of offended sometimes. And I love this. I love this because it is kind of offensive. Like, dude, there is so much going on with the person sitting in front of you that is so much more interesting and important than, you know, the shape and size of her body or, or face or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with appreciating beauty. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you can, you can certainly appreciate and feel really drawn to somebody's appearance, but If that's the thing that you're loading up on someone about, it actually kind of makes them feel unseen a lot of the time. When they've done this work, they feel like, well, what the hell? Like, yeah, I know I look fine. Like, I know I look good. I know I have long legs. This is not news to me. Can we please focus on something more interesting? And for the clients that I've spent a lot of time cultivating internal connection and and, uh, really sinking into who they are as people... They've also spent a lot of, you know, time and energy and work, building up their passions. You know, learning to, uh, to be brave, to be uh, a self advocate, to be assertive, to be whatever it is. You know, all of these traits that they've been like cultivating and noticing and fostering in themselves, and working through and healing and all of this stuff, so that they, they're like, I'm fucking funny. I am smart, I'm amazing at my job, I have passions, I am kind and nurturing, like, I am a freaking catch. And if you're sitting here looking at me and saying, damn girl, those legs are so hot, like, you have missed the whole point of me. And this, although being perhaps a bit of a disappointing experience overall, is a huge deal. Because it means that that person has really finally shifted the onus of, identity from their appearance to their internal self from their external self to their internal self this is so much of the work that i do with clients and it's something that i i, I have done as well because i would have absolutely 100 percent identified with my external self 10 years ago in my late teens early 20s this was all i really thought of honestly i was a self-objectifier right i, I imagined myself through other people's eyes i imagined what they saw um I felt like I needed it to be attractive. They needed to like it in order to um, get their approval to get their attention to get my needs met in the world to stay safe. all these things. It was all wrapped up in how I looked so so I cultivated how I looked right. I spent a ton of time and attention and money and energy. Uh, I built the skill of wearing makeup and doing my hair and putting together outfits and uh, you know, I was an actor, so I would like spend time looking in the mirror, making facial expressions and figuring out how I looked in different poses and So I did all this freaking work to cultivate my external self. As you can imagine, for like a kid in high school, there's not that much extra free time, you know, I mean, this was before smartphones and everything, but like that was a lot of my time spent after school. I wasn't really allowed to wear makeup, I don't think, uh, for a while, so I would come home and do makeup and nobody would ever see it, but I would just practice because I wanted my external self to be right. And so I I missed out looking back on all these opportunities to cultivate my internal self. I didn't have extra time to do what I did and to, you know, play sports. I mean, I did theater. I had friends. But when I look back, there was a lot of time spent on things that meant there were missed opportunities. You know, I didn't read as much in high school as I, as I, I'm an avid reader. I had always loved to read and then come late high school and college, I just sort of stopped. And this is one of the reasons, like something had to get cut out in order for me to focus so much attention on how I looked. So I look back and I think, my God, I could have like learned another language. You know, I could have like learned another skill, but instead I got good at making people think I looked good. What a huge bummer. What a huge waste of time. But it meant that in the end, I didn't have a lot I could call upon when I was doing this body neutrality work to convince myself that how I looked wasn't important because how I looked was important. I didn't have a lot else. I, well, I felt I didn't have a lot else going for me. I knew I was funny. I knew I was pretty smart, but it was like, you know, the thing that made me special, it felt like, was I look the way people think I should look. Or at least I can look the way people think I should look because it's, it's sort of a skill, not an innate gift. You know, I would, I would put on hot girl drag, as I like to call it. I would like do all of the things required to give off an appearance of, of looking the right way. Suck in my stomach. I would wear all these you know, push-up bras. I would I would do the winged eyeliner. I would whatever. So my hot girl drag worked. People gave me praise for it. And then I would end up feeling like, okay, well, that is special. That gets me attention. That gets me praise. People like it. What else? What else do I have going for me? Not a whole lot. So that made it really freaking difficult to give up my body image issues. You know, like I was pretty attached to how I looked because it felt good and it was sort of working. I mean, yeah, it made me feel insecure and it, it sucked away a lot of my life force, but um, but I didn't feel like I had a bunch of other sort of offers for the world. I didn't feel like I was really interesting and important in any other way. So that is why it was so difficult. And as I shifted over, I, I bought in slowly, slowly, slowly. This work always happens in layers. You peel back a layer, you heal it, you look at it, you peel back another layer. So at first, I would say I was pretty attached to my appearance even while I was moving through this work even while I was like, okay, I don't want to be attached to how I look anymore because that is some sexist patriarchal bullshit that is put on women and I refuse to be a part of it any longer. Then I learned about the anti-fat bias and systems of oppression. I was like, okay, well, this is some even more bullshit and I really don't want to be a part of it. But I was still, I would say in those early days, really still just connected to how I looked. I just thought it felt important and it took a long time For me to genuinely feel like it just wasn't important. And I don't remember there being like a moment. I don't think there was ever like a, ah, it used to be important yesterday. No, it's not. It's just a series of moments, you know, a series of like, I would go through phases that got longer and longer in which it didn't seem important, followed by short phases that got shorter and shorter and further and further apart in which it did seem important. Um, For a while, I would say, ah, I feel totally body neutral. And then something would happen like, you know, a a big event or something or a, would see somebody from my past, or you know, some trigger would sort of show up, and I would be like, ah, what are they going to think of how I look? And i be like, oh, it's so interesting, man. It's been months and months since I've had that kind of thought, um, and then it would just give me more work to do, more layers to peel back, more stuff to explore, always with curiosity because that's what this work requires. But eventually, I really did get to a point where I just, I just became kind of insulted by the idea that someone would bother spend time talking about how i look and this isn't this isn't like insulted anytime anybody ever says anything like you know if i see my mom and she's like oh you look so i mean she doesn't usually say this kind of thing but if i run into somebody and they're like oh my gosh you look like you're glowing or something i'm not going to be offended by that but there's just something about the fact that it's so automatic to talk about how we look especially bodies and if I run into someone who I adore and I'm like, oh my God, it is so good to see you. And they're like, yes, you look so cute. Where are those earrings from? I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> I'm so excited to see you because I miss you. And, you know, my heart is full when you're around and you're focused on my stupid earrings. Like, what a waste. It makes me, it makes me feel hurt, you know? It makes me feel left out somehow. Like, I'm not here. It's just my appearance. And, and this is definitely true when I was dating um, most recently that anybody who would say something like, oh, you know, you're so beautiful or you're so hot. I would be like, thanks. Like, you know, sure. I'm I mean, Again, I'm not going to be insulted by the comment. But if that's the thing you think about me, if that's the praise you have for me, that's a huge insult because I am pretty awesome. And there is a lot of other stuff you could notice and talk about and praise. And if you're not noticing talking about them and praising them, then, then, then you don't see me. Which is objectification. I mean, that is the definition of objectification. You see me for my body, right? You see me for my appearance. You don't see the whole human inside. And this is where so many women end up. Like, they are given these messages throughout their entire freaking lives. And then they end up in a place where they don't even see the human inside themselves. Which is, of course, the self-objectification. They only see themselves as from the outside. And that's the boat I was in as well. And I remember vividly, um, early when I was living in New York City, and I was probably like 19 or 20, I remember walking around, and of course, you can see every imaginable kind of person in New York City. So the people watching, you know, it was really interesting. I would see people who were just, you know, off-duty models, right? Like the, the height of beauty ideals in our culture. And I would see people who absolutely put zero fucks into the idea of beauty ideals whatsoever, and I had a cringe response, which if you listened to my episode on disgust, we can name as a moral disgust that I felt for people who didn't try to look attractive. So I would look at, let's say, a woman with no makeup, with like untamed frizzy hair sort of pulled back, you know, like gray roots and uh, wrinkles showing and, uh, you know, an outfit that I would consider unflattering. I would look at that and I would cringe. I would feel a little bit of disgust not because I necessarily sat down and thought about it and was like, she's a bad person for doing this or, or even she's gross for doing this, but there was that little reaction because it seemed to me that we should all constantly be trying to look as attractive as possible. And therefore she was sort of not only breaking the rule that I believed was a really important rule to be following for all women everywhere, but she was also like failing, sort of failing publicly. You know, I got this like cringy response, which is sort of, projected shame you know I I felt bad just looking at someone who was failing so publicly I the only thing I can sort of compare this to would be like you know it's somebody airing their dirty laundry right or like um (laughs) somebody had I, I don't know like they were covered in stains or something and and you're like at a nice place and they just really stand out and you sort of cringe for them like oh you know it's not necessarily a judgment of them. It's just that feeling of like, oh, God, if I were in their shoes, I'd feel so embarrassed right now. And that is what I carried because my belief was so entrenched that as women, we we were supposed to look as attractive as possible at all times, which means you have to take care of those things. You have to wear the makeup. You have to put together the outfits. You have to, you know, dye your greys or whatever it is. And so when people were just flagrantly breaking this rule in front of me, I, I had a really strong visceral reaction. This is pretty common. I hear this from people all the time. I mean, it's embarrassing. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm saying this right now, and I'm, like, trusting you all to recognize that I will always throw myself under the bus and share that I am, you know, ever-evolving and human. But it is embarrassing to name. It's stuff that happens in our unconscious that most of us do not want to name because it makes us sound like terrible people, but here we are. I am owning it. I'm sharing it for for the good of humanity, I hope. Um, But... I had this response and my thought was always like, when I get older, I would never look that way. I'm going to do everything in my power to fight aging. I'm going to do everything in my power. I will never give up. That was my thought. I so, oh, she gave up. I'll never give up. I'm going to look hot forever. <laughs> or I'm going to at least try to look hot forever. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep my body in shape. I'm going to wear the makeup. I'm going to do the anti-aging. I'm going to do all these things. And I... I looking back I just think like again my what inspired me you know what I felt drawn to is sad like I spent all this time admiring women who kept it together in a in a very superficial way as they aged rather than women who were like I don't know solving scientific breakthroughs or like being leaders in industries like I could have spent my attention very differently and I I, I didn't because this is what I had learned was important about myself about women um so I sort of projected this everywhere I looked. And now I'm noticing, so I live in Asheville, North Carolina. And now it's a, it's a very hippie place. I, th- I think it's sort of delightful. There's a lot of um, all natural women, uh, sort of outdoorsy, you know, no makeup look. I, I see them everywhere. And I love it. I love it because it, it's taken me so long to get used to my face without makeup, which I almost never wear makeup anymore. I obviously used to wear it a lot. There was a transition period for a while. I just thought I looked horrible and ugly without makeup, as I was wearing less and less. And then I would just wear it whenever it felt like it was an important occasion. And now I pretty much don't wear it. And I I love my face. I think my face is awesome. But it, it, I hated it at first. You know, after I was like giving up makeup, I um went through this really weird relationship with my face. And so now, I mean, I'm getting older. And I see all these like old, way older than me women with their bare ass faces, just like, you know, gardening and backpacking or whatever. And I love it because I'm like, yes, these are faces. These are human faces. And they're, they're amazing. They're beautiful. They're, they make me so happy. You know, um, they're not hiding behind uh, pigment and color and, and design, you know, they're just, they're just like naked faces and, and it's beautiful. So I, I feel like I've really been embracing that you know, over the last years and years, um, to the extent that I, I realize I genuinely don't care if someone thinks I'm pretty or attractive or not. Like I can go out in a tank top covered in a rash and not think about it. I can genuinely be okay with the fact that I, I don't think this rash is attractive. My God, it's, I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's ugly, but like I don't care if someone else thinks it's ugly because, again, if they are focused on that, they are not my people. They have missed me entirely. And anybody who is my people would just not care, you know? And, and this is true with, like, having a, a big old pimple on your forehead too, right? It's like, I, I, I can have a somewhat body-neutral relationship with acne. I don't like it it sucks. You're like, oh, come on. This is very rude. There's like a pimple right in my forehead. Um, You know, I'm, I'm going somewhere or somebody's going to see me and you're just like, come on, what are you doing? Very rude. But like, also it doesn't fucking matter. Who are you going to go see? Who am I going to go see who would like me less, judge me more, feel, um, you know, feel any of that projected shame that I used to feel? Like, well, honestly, even if they did, that's not my problem. That's part of this body neutrality work. If they felt uncomfortable, if someone was like, oh, that Jesse, you know, you should have put concealer on. Um, I, I don't know. That's their problem. Like, I, I am not connected at all to their experience. And that, that's part of this body neutrality work. You, you connect deeper and deeper and deeper to who you are as a person. You insist upon other people connecting deeper and deeper to who you are as a person and less and less about how you look. And then you just totally let go of responsibility for their experience. If someone doesn't like how I look and they feel uncomfortable because they think I should have put makeup on, like that person is dealing with their own stuff. You know, that person is me at 19. That person's opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me in the slightest. Honestly, I kind of feel sad for that person. I feel sad for 19 year old me. I look back and I think, my God, what a sad existence. So it's just, it's none of my business what anyone thinks of my skin i guess you know or my body or my appearance or anything it's none of my business if somebody thinks i should have tried a little harder or that i'm not like femme enough that i haven't put enough effort in it's none of my business because anybody who's thinking that kind of thing probably doesn't really see me and i have finite time on earth and i am pretty much exclusively interested in spending that time with people who see me And me is internal me, you know. People who really see and celebrate and appreciate the internal qualities that I bring to a relationship, to the world, you know, my energy, my heart, my mind, my passions, um, all of the stuff that makes me so glad to be me. Somebody else doesn't also feel glad (laughs) to be in relationship with me because of them. Like they, they're not my people. They, they've missed it. But I share this because that is such a dramatic, complete opposite relationship to how I look from a decade ago when I would have absolutely felt like I had failed and I was failing and I would have just held so much shame in my body for not looking attractive on a day that I had a pimple, on a day that I had a rash all over my arms, um, you know, on a day that I was like bloated, on a day that my hair didn't look good. It was constant. I constantly felt like I was failing at this really important thing, which is to make people think I look good, to give them a positive experience of me so that they only have positive thoughts and feelings towards me. And now I'm like, that is fascinating, man. Looking back, I just, what a waste of mental energy and heart space that was, you know? Um, so my hope would be, I guess, I've in sharing all of this, it highlights a little bit of what body neutrality actually can look like takes a long time this is not you know we're not doing 12 weeks to to arrive at body neutrality it is a lifelong relationship you have with yourself but it gets better and better and easier and easier the longer you do it and a big big part of that is you have to be willing to say okay i am not my appearance that is not how i will allow anybody else to identify me and that's not how i choose to identify myself and not necessarily because i i don't like it or don't care about it but because What's inside is so much infinitely richer, deeper, more important, more interesting, more fascinating. If somebody chooses you, they want to date you or they want to sleep with you or they want to be friends with you because you're attractive. That is a, that is backwards. You know, that is an insult. That is, that is objectification. And that is sort of horrifying for both of you. Because then it means you're completely robbed of the experience of dating or being friends with or sleeping with somebody who sees you, gets you, makes you feel genuinely connected and known. And it robs them because they're also not getting that experience because they're just out here objectifying people. So it's, it's a really, really liberating experience to be able to say, how I look is not particularly my business. How other people feel about how I look is definitely not my business. I can look, I can think I look pretty. I can think I don't look pretty. I can feel, you know, like uh, attractive or I can feel unattractive. Basically, you know, a day like today, I can recognize, I I think in a tank top, I, I am not particularly feeling attractive and that none of that matters. It doesn't change a single bit of how I live my life. It doesn't change how I feel about myself. It doesn't take up any mental real estate. If I were to go on a date today, I would not think twice about it. I would just, you know, wear what I wanted to wear and do what I wanted to do, which is completely different than allowing everything to be dictated like it used to be by how to make people think I'm attractive. So, hope this is interesting. At the very least, I'm sort of going back and forth between wanting to like add value and you know wrap these things up with with some sort of message and just like sharing stories randomly chatting with you about things that are bouncing around my head um but yeah this has definitely been a really interesting one it, i think particularly because of where i'm living right now and post pandemic and everything like this has been an interesting one to notice how deeply ingrained it has become after years and years of this work to say like wow i i don't identify with how i look anymore And I think there's a long time I really, really wanted that to be true. But it was only mostly true. And I'm like, shit, man, we did it. So I want that for you. I want that for everyone. I want that for everyone of every gender, I should say, because I definitely spoke quite a bit about women in this episode. And that is certainly how I experienced myself back in the day was like, I am a woman, which means I have to look a certain way because this is what women are here for. You know, that whole bullshit that was sort of taught to me by a million tiny sources <laughs> throughout life. Um, but this can happen to anyone. You know, it, nobody thrives when they feel they are being valued for how they look. Nobody. And put another way, nobody thrives when they are not being valued for who they really are. Nobody. You, you, you can't. Your relationship can't. Your friendships can't. <laughs> nobody in this world is benefited by being seen as... Um, sort of fundamentally having their value be based on being attractive. So even if you want that right now, that's still true. It's not going to make you feel how you want to feel. Um, So that is it for today. And uh, thank you for listening. And I will talk to you soon.